listening to Wake Up and Read the Labels, your guide to eating simple and feeling good. If you want to eat clean and feel your best, guess what? You're in the right place. Each week, we talk about ingredients that may be holding you back from feeling your best. We also talk to some brands that are going against the grain and actually using real ingredients we can recognize. Plus, we're sharing stories with people who are just like you, who actually woke up and read the labels. Welcome to Wake Up and Read the Labels podcast. Today, I'm going live with the CEO of the most amazing clean non-dairy milk. It's called Malk. And the CEO is Jason Bronstead. Now, Jason just became the CEO about two years ago. And it's really funny because he actually used to work for consumer packaged goods such as Sarah Lee. And I don't know if you guys ever read those labels, but scary ingredients, right? Then he went into work for frozen food manufacturers. Now, here's the thing. He got into a health journey because he says that he was about 300 pounds, feeling terrible all the time. And what did he do? He woke up and read the labels. He discovered foods made with real ingredients is what helped him lose weight and get his health back. And now it's changing his family. Malk, they have a special mission called Turn It Around, meaning wake up, turn your products around, read the ingredients. We're going to talk about their standards regarding ingredients and what sets this brand apart. So Jason, welcome. You're the CEO of Malk. How long have you been there? I've been with Malk for two years now. Two years. Okay. We're going to dive into definitely that change of ingredients because I think there was a lot of backlash there. And we need to talk about the importance of bringing back the quality. So Jason, let's dive into exactly how did you get here? How did you become the CEO of Mulk? So I've been in uh, consumer packaged goods my entire career. And uh, my journey has taken me through uh, packaged meats, which was big brands at, at the time with Sara Lee Food and Beverage into the alcohol space, which got me back home to Texas. And um, I was in the alcohol space for the better part of almost 10 years. And then I uh, went into frozen food manufacturing after that. And it was in 2020 that I had a friend reach out and said, Hey, there's a, a company, it's a health food, health-based company looking for someone that can help their company expand. Would you be interested in talking to the founder and the board of directors? I'm like, Absolutely. So somebody approached you, hey, Jason, the board of directors, CEO of Monk is looking to talk to someone maybe about getting it. And you had just started on your own health journey. Is that correct? That's correct. I was about a, a year into my health journey. Okay. Almost shamefully, but I look back now because it's who I was. I was well over 300 pounds. Wow. I was not eating clean, not I was drinking too much after been in the packaged meat space, having been in the alcohol space. I wasn't taking care of my body. And I had this realization in 2019 that both of my children were mirroring my poor life choices. Mm -hmm. And that moment I went, I've got to change how I'm living if I want my children to have the best possible life for them in the way that they nourish their bodies. So about a year into that journey, I, I had the chance to meet the founder and the board and serendipitously it all aligned for me to, to be able to join the organization. And it's, you know, we've had a, a really productive last couple of years with our mission of getting Malk out to more customers across the U.S. Yeah, I want to say Malk was the first clean milk that I had ever been around as well. And 
when I started drinking it, my gosh, many years ago, people had never heard of milk. And now it's it's in a lot more places and people are aware, which is great. So I am curious if you're working for Sara Lee and frozen food manufacturers, did you ever read the labels or read the ingredients during your time working there? I read the P&Ls. Which is, okay, profit and loss. The profit and loss statements. I, I, I read the financials. Decisions were largely based on that. Okay. And so is it very common for companies, just companies across the board, when you are trying to get you know your losses down, profits up, well, maybe we need to potentially put in an ingredient that's going to cost less. Is that correct? That's a fair assumption for the consumer packaged goods space. Yeah. Okay. So I understand now that it looks like you were on this health journey yourself. Correct. When you did discover milk in Reddit's ingredients, what were your thoughts? How can this taste this good with only three ingredients? Right. Okay. Those are my first thoughts. I've always believed you have to try a product and understand it. And that's one of the things in my journey is understanding what does it taste like? What's the mission behind it? What is the ethos? What's the DNA of the brand? And when all of those things align, it's really a serendipitous journey. Okay. Are you dairy-free? I am not dairy-free. You're not dairy-free. Okay. So do you drink milk as well as milk? I have milk occasionally in the household. Yeah. My son loves milk with a cereal. My daughter drinks milk, both oat milk and almond milk in her milk shakes. And she drinks it by itself, especially our new chocolate oat milk. But it's one of the things as my family is elevating the way that we look at food and the way we consume, that we are introducing whole foods, natural foods into our diet as we pivot away. And it's it's not an overnight journey. Mm-hmm. We'll open up a cookbook, especially with my daughter who loves to cook. We'll open up a cookbook. It's like she doesn't know half the ingredients because in the first nine years of her life, I didn't introduce them to her. Right. So we're on this journey together. Yeah. So how's this dynamic change with you guys? It's a fun journey. And I was having a conversation before you jumped on. I'll sit down at the breakfast nook table with my daughter and she'll yeah. turn around a label and go, okay, dad, what is this? What is this? What is this? And she'll ask the question. So I love the, the synergy here because we've got our campaign of turn it around because we want people to look at the labels and you want people to wake up and read the labels. And there's so much power in just looking at that mm-hmm. and having your, my daughter turns 10 next month. So having her say, Dad, what is high fructose corn syrup? Yeah. Okay. That's a great question. Let's do the research. Let's seek to understand in a way that you can process it and understand not only what it is, how it's made, and the impact that it has to your body potentially. It is mind-blowing. I actually was just at Target, and I have to bite my tongue. I have to just hold all my willpower back from looking at people saying, hey, because I see them throw things into their cart, and I go... I did one to a lady today. She was grabbing the Fair Life Core Power. And she looked, you know, in her 40s. From the outside, she seems very fit and healthy, but I'm sure she's probably dealing with fatigue or IBS issues or digestion or something. And so I just said, hey, did you ever read the ingredients in that Core Power drink you threw in? And she looked at me like I had four eyes and goes, no, why would I do that? And I said, well, did you just go work out? She had workout clothes on. I'm like, did you just go work out? Now you're buying Core Power, right? I don't know who Core Power is owned by, but I mean, odds are it's probably like up the chain. It might be Pepsi or something. There's you know a few companies that saturate the market and it all. 
but she's like, no, I never read that. So I just got into conversation with her. And so that does just bring the importance of this turn it around campaign. I love that you guys have is that, hey, listen, you can actually become the CEO of your health and understand why you're battling inflammation and fatigue and all the things instead of going through the grocery store and shopping how we've always shopped. Really, I say the packaging on these products are its billboards, right? And so you see things such as unsweetened, or I saw this one package this morning at Target and it was goldfish and it said colors made from plants and has like a picture of a rainbow on it. And I'm going, oh, okay. So people are thinking now, hey, that's not artificial colors. This is made from plants. And so again, this is, I call it like a label victim, although it's not their fault, But if you read the ingredients, it still has canola oil and dextrose and maltodextrin and just all of these artificial made ingredients made in a lab. And so I'm curious, is it a mission for Malk to stay prideful of its ingredients and super high quality? Because it really is more of what our market needs. And I know when you're looking at a P&L sheet using high quality ingredients, those numbers look a lot different. They unequivocally look different. And for us, our mission is to have a relationship with our ingredient suppliers at the absolute lowest level possible. So our almond growers, we have a relationship with them. We understand how they treat the earth. We understand how they grow, how they treat their organic orchards and make sure that they are treating it the way that we would want to treat it if we had our own almond orchards. So All of our products have five ingredients or less. You can pronounce them all. They're all authentic, organic ingredients. And we intend to say that way. Okay. That is our DNA. It's clean and simple. And it's who we are and it's who we're going to be as we go forward. I know you guys have almond milk. What else do you have? We have oat milk as well. Okay. So almond and oat milk. And where can people grab this stuff? We are nationwide at Whole Foods and Sprouts. We have distribution across multiple Kroger chains, natural grocers, across the natural channel, most every store we're in, be it moms or mothers, fresh market, fresh time, we're in in all of the the big chains in the natural food space. And one of the things that we're looking to do is provide it to even more consumers. Mm -hmm. So we want it more accessible. So our, our team is working to bring our clean, simple ingredient product to stores nearby where you shop. In Texas, we're in HEB and Kroger and Denver King Supers, Ralph's in Southern California, Erewhon. So we've got a, a good base, especially in the natural space. But we know, I know from my past that not everyone shops a natural channel. Mm-hmm. And for people to make that journey and, and transition their life choices, we want to be there to assist them with a clean milk alternative. It's got to be available for them to do that. Absolutely. I love that. Okay. So... For everyone listening, I know I have some people come into my world and say, what is clean eating? You know, how do I start eating clean? Clean eating is eating foods made with real ingredients, eating it with foods your body can recognize so it can digest it properly. Often when we're eating things with a lot of these fake inflammatory ingredients we can't pronounce, then guess what? Your body bloats. Your body talks to you, gives these symptoms. Maybe your joints ache. Maybe you have a headache. Maybe you're tired. Things like that. Skin irritation. So Also, I noticed your product is organic, right? So I once had a podcast with Parker Brooks from Lovebird, and he's like, you know, 
they have organic on the labels. And if food isn't organic, then why don't we call the other food poison? Like, why is this, you know, a certain standard? And I'm like, you're so right. Like, really? And I know it costs more money to produce organic. It costs money just to even get USDA organic put on your label. And it's like, well, why can't we call all the other 99% of food out for being poisoned? So what is the importance of the almonds and the oats being organic? So it is the, the basis and the ethos of it. We know that there's no fertilizers. There's no, there's not Roundup on it at the end of the day, as you think about it. Being organic at the very base level, a farmer has to make a choice. Are they going to go have a clean, organic crop that they're going to grow? Or are they going to try and optimize and get as much product out of that field as humanly possible? How do you get as much product out? You put fertilizers on it. So choices are made at that level. And a tip of the hat to all of the farmers across America, especially those that choose to grow organic products, knowing that from the soil that our product originates in all the way to the bottle that is organic without pesticides and other additives, we know that it's a good product for you. It's a good product for our household. And if our household will drink it, we can trust that your household will enjoy it. That's beautiful. Thank you. We appreciate that. Um, We need more companies with these standards for sure. America would be a lot less sick. And for everybody listening, so pesticides in your food or glyphosate or fertilizers, all these things used on the crops, there's arguments like, hey, studies don't show that it's dangerous, right? But studies also don't show that there's safety behind it. I say it's controversial. There are actually a lot of studies out there showing that it can mess with your gut microbiome. It can, you know, promote inflammation. It can mess, give skin problems, irritations. So it's just something that you want to avoid by all costs. And unfortunately, it's just how farmers are taking care of their crops because they don't want it all to die. I mean, it makes sense, right? But it's just, we're figuring out as time goes on, hey, just because food is the most plentiful it's ever been in man's time, we could potentially be harming ourselves more than helping ourselves here. So going back to the big basics. Okay. So as far as milk goes, is there a, do you believe, or does milk believe there's a pro to being dairy-free or to drinking plant-based milk over regular milk? As we think about the consumer base out there, yeah. 10 to 15% of consumers are either vegan or vegetarian. But we also know that around 41% of consumers are choosing a dairy-free approach to their life. Mm-hmm. And that number continues to grow. So our belief is for those who are making the choice, they need to have the cleanest offering available. So as they make that choice, they're not doing their gut damage by having additives and carrageens and oils that other plant-based milks actually include in their product. So for us, we want to be able to serve all consumers and the health standards that we match what is expected with our, our vegan and vegetarian consumers. It's a great entry for other consumers to step into the plant-based world. Yeah. And I want to touch base on that dairy-free and just going into like, hey, vegan and vegetarian, all these things, because I do think part of this movement towards that dietary lifestyle happens from the food industry telling us, you know, vegan protein is the way to go and all these things. And so be it. It's your choice. 
there's merit behind it all. However, as far as dairy free goes, I always say you never know how good you feel until you have completely eliminated dairy for like 21 days, right? And I say that because most of the dairy on the market is conventional dairy. And these cows are eating grains, they're eating GMO food, and you are what your cow eats. So somebody might go to the grocery and like I was looking at the cheese today in Target and everything, you know, it'll say organic or it'll say made from cows, not treated with hormones, antibiotics. But what most people don't realize is like, hey, what are these cows eating? Because that's seeping through the milk and it's going into your belly and it's causing havoc on your body. And so this movement towards that dairy-free lifestyle actually is a good thing because most of our milk is causing us to feel mucusy, to feel like we have allergies. It is promoting inflammation. So for anybody listening, if you are going to be drinking milk, I highly suggest grass-fed milk. That means the cows are eating grass and that ultimately is anti-inflammatory. Now, you had mentioned other milks on the market and this is something I cover. It's kind of like 101 when people step into my world, wake up and read the labels. It's mostly these people who decided by their doctor or by them reading things that they're going to go dairy-free. And they often get Almond Breeze, Califia Farms, they're getting Blue Diamond, they're getting Oatly, all these things because someone told them or they read that dairy-free is the way to go. It's healthy. And so what do they do? They go to the grocery. Now they're comparing prices. They're getting something that's cheaper and they might be looking for unsweetened or they're looking for, maybe it says no artificial flavoring, right? But what they don't realize is a lot of these dairy-free products have those weird ingredients we can't pronounce or recognize, such as carrageenan, which is a possible known carcinogen. It also has fillers, emulsifiers, and gums. That means, and I can let you explain that, Jason, but why are these companies putting these things into their plant-based milks? There is a desire to make the transition from traditional dairy to plant-based as seamless as possible. Mm -hmm. So in order to make a plant-based milk creamy or have the same texture and mouthfeel, these are binders that will bring the oils and the water and the raw materials together to mimic the mouthfeel you have with traditional dairy. Absolutely. It gives it that taste and texture. And so often when I recommend people to drink milk, they say, oh my gosh, I put it in my hot coffee and it kind of, you know, disintegrated. And I said, well, guess what? That's acting like real food. You're used to coffee, mate. You're used to oatly pouring like oil and all staying together and changing just your color, right? That you see at Starbucks. Those are those fake ingredients. And it's conditioned us to believe that that's how food should react when we use it. However, milk is acting the way the food should. And so how do you combat that for hot coffee? I tell people you need to froth it. Once you froth it, it goes on perfectly. Same thing for iced coffee. It can pour in iced coffee beautifully, but there's also the same frother. It can froth it cold and then you just pour it right on top and it looks better than your latte you're going to buy at any coffee shop. And the beautiful thing is when you're eating ingredients such as milk, which is filtered water, almonds, and salt, then guess what? You don't feel bloated after. You can walk into your closet and your clothes can actually fit. You can feel a sudden sense of relief in your bloating. You're not going to be needing coffee two hours later. So you actually 
save money in the long run because your coffee is causing or your coffee creamer that you're using is probably causing havoc on your day. It's making you bloated. It's making you more hungry and it's making you tired. So this is really the importance of switching that over. My last few questions for you is, I am not sure when this happened as far as when you got onboarded to be the CEO, but I screamed from the rooftops like, drink milk, drink milk, it's clean. And then something happened where they put emulsifiers in it. And there was total backlash from what I saw on the internet. And I was just like, oh man, they just got acquired or something happened. When did that happen? So it was not emulsifiers. It was organic natural flavors. There you go. And that's on me. That was on you. That's on me. I take responsibility of that. As we were looking at a label transition, I went out and I, I had consumers try our product and iterations as we're, we're trying to make sure it's dialed in. And overwhelmingly, the vanilla, the feedback was, we want more vanilla. Yep. So I said, okay, let's go make it more vanilla, which would, I made the choice to use organic natural flavors. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jen, we launched it. And within a week, that backlash that you speak of happened. And I can tell you that that it was very heavily contested on the Monday and Tuesday after Thanksgiving in 2021. Wow. And by that Friday, I had board approval, new formulation and new labels ordered. And within 45 days after that, I was producing it without organic natural flavors. Mm -hmm. So no big company will a take the losses that we took to destroy what we had. Yeah. And B, make a change that quick. And, you know, it was a it was a great awakening for me to say, I talked to consumers, but I didn't talk to the right consumers. Right. Right. So we are proudly we do not use organic natural flavors anymore. That happened on my watch and I've lived through that and I understand what a mistake it was. And it's just I apologize to our consumers that we impacted and thank you for coming back to us. Yeah, I love that. That's super. That's so great to hear because it's so important. And I think with you just kind of beginning your health journey, and probably it sounds like you were talking the wrong people, there's no denial. Those natural flavors make things taste really good. So you can have a lineup of people, right? Put those natural flavors in and it's like, whoa. I always say that's why if you go get like a little Debbie cake or a Betty Crocker cake, let's say it's chocolate or vanilla, and you taste it and it's like, the vanilla or the chocolate flavor or blueberry, whatever, it is so dynamite. It is so amplified. It tastes off the charts good. And then you go get, you know, a homemade blueberry muffin sweetened with only blueberries. It is very bland. And you're going, what's wrong? Well, sure, there's the sugar. However, there are these natural flavors. And so these are little flavors that are designed to amplify what you're looking for a lot more. And so I think it was a great choice and mistakes happen in businesses. It's how you grow, right? And it's how you react to it. So I love that you're on the other side of it and you stand for what matters because the people who are buying milk are the people reading the labels and they're sitting there going, this is my drink of choice. And it's like, oh no, we don't want to be defeated by, by something we trusted And so that's a beautiful thing. We appreciate it. Love your product so much. For everybody listening, you can go follow Mulk on social media platforms at Mulk, spelled M-A-L-K. By the way, where's that name stemmed from? So our original founder, as the brand was launched in a farmer's market, came up with the name. As you think about you're replacing traditional milk with almonds, take the I out, put the A in, and you have Mulk. 
See, I knew it had to be something like that. I was like, this has to be an acronym for something. Now I get it. Almonds. So they must have started with the almonds, right? Correct. Okay. Do you guys have any plans for any other ones that you're going to be expanding into? So right now we have our five products out there. We've got our unsweetened almond, our vanilla almond. Then we have three oat skews, our original vanilla. And we recently launched a chocolate oat out there with just five simple ingredients. And uh, we're having conversations with some of our retail partners about some uh, potential exciting new innovation as we come into 23. Oh, I love that. Now, this was many moons ago, but now that you're the CEO, maybe you know about this. They used to make, I want to say it was a pecan milk. It was something seasonal. Pecan maple. (gasps) Oh my God, that made, I'd pour that on some sorghum whiskey with some whipped cream in that off the charts. I appreciate that. I, I've had multiple people uh, harken back to the pecan maple as one of the all-time favorites. Yeah. Wasn't there even like a nog for holiday? Yeah, there was a pecan nog and a pecan maple. Yeah. I was always like, oh my gosh, it's holiday season. Here we go. That made me excited. So yeah. if you don't get on the market, definitely just make it for your household. It's worth having around for sure. Well, thank you so much, Jason. With that being said, do you have a wake up moment in life, something personally or professionally that just was a pivotal moment? So I've had two. One was a personal side wake up moment. And that personal side wake up moment was in 2019 when I looked in the mirror and I was well over 300 pounds. And I realized that my children were eating the way I was eating. Mm -hmm. And uh, my health journey over the last three years, I've lost over 100 pounds. And my family now, it's interesting because one of the things I used to be proud of is I could grocery shop the entire week in 20 minutes. Now we proudly take about an hour and a half to go through the store and find the right ingredients. So that's time well spent. And then professionally on the wake up, Jen, you talked about it. Yeah. You know, as our consumers gave us feedback, it was loud, loud and clear. And we are who we are and we're at our DNA of being a clean and simple ingredient product. Yeah, you can only go uphill from here. I love it so much. Okay, you guys, everybody listening, go follow Malt, their website, check out where you can um, grab your freshly, amazingly squeaky clean product. And remember the froth it if you use that hot coffee. We'll talk soon, Jason. All right, thanks so much, Jim. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wake Up and Read the Labels. If you like this episode, guess what? We want you to share it. We'd love that. Share it with a friend and leave us a review. You can subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or really wherever you're listening to your podcast. For more information, visit us at wakeupandreadthelabels.com. Hold up. 